Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. I grew up out in the wooded country in Illinois, on a short dead-end street 10 plus miles from a town. And there were seven houses in the area spread out on two and a half acres of wooded lots or larger even. There were no large wild animals. There aren't bears or similar large animals in the region. And people didn't meander there or show up lost or anything like that. Actually, lost folks or large animals wandering around never happened in the 20 years that I lived there. So please keep that in mind as I tell my story. So when I was a young girl in my early teens, I had a good guy friend a few years older than me who'd lived next door, Terry. Terry was allowed to go out with his friends much later than I was, and he would sometimes tromp over to my yard after getting home late and throw rocks from gravel area outside at my window just to chat. My bed was right next to the window and I would open the window and we'd sort of whisper stories and generally talk for a bit. My second story window faced our backyard and... His house was to the side of it. I could see his house from my window, in fact, over the shrub trees and walking path to his driveway. I would often know if he was out too. The light was on over the side door entrance, or if he was already home, the light would always be off. At one time, during the summer when my window was open, I heard a car in his driveway dropping him off. I was probably 14 years old and it was around midnight. I heard Terry get out of the car and was talking to his friends. Soon his friends pulled away and I softly called out, as loud as I could without waking my parents, asking Terry to stop by and chat. He didn't respond though as he probably didn't hear me and then I came up with the not so brilliant idea to sneak outside and scare him. I'd spent many years in the woods and learning how to blend in and be silent. As kids, we would often sneak around and scare each other. So I silently sneaked out from the second floor and out of my back garage door which led to our backyard below my window which also led to Terry's house off the side through our gravel area then through a well-worn path through the woods about maybe 25 feet long. My parents had put in a gravel pit around the back of the house probably because nothing much grew to the shade of the oak trees 
There were 14-inch oak rounds set out as an uneven stepping path in the gravel, and if you stepped off onto the rounds, the crunch of the gravel rocks would give you away. But I picked up my way expertly and silently across the log rounds facing Terry's house. My eyes got accustomed to the dark, and I didn't see him. Also at that time, I heard the door of his house close and the light going off signaling that he went in, likely to bed. I waited a bit as I thought that I saw something move in the woods between our houses, but not on the path that we'd always use. If you didn't use the path, there were wild roses and raspberry plants that had thorns and were painful to walk through if you weren't careful. So I thought that it was odd that he'd be in the woods, but maybe he wanted to scare me like I was plotting to do to him or something. But I saw something human-sized and dark moving through the woods slowly and pausing every once in a while like me. It was coming closer and I definitely saw it but it was strange in that it wasn't walking directly to my window to talk. Therefore I hunched down and waited in silence wondering if I could still startle him. I still thought that it was Terry and he saw me and snuck out and he was trying to scare me. I watched a dark outline of a human figure moving but then I would lose sight of it in the foliage. It seemed to be stalking slowly and listening or checking every few feet while hiding. So I whispered after losing patience one last time for Terry, but he didn't answer. I got bored of hiding and crouching, so I quietly tiptoed back to my garage door and went back inside, silently looking up as I went. I snuck back upstairs to my room above the area where I was just standing or crouching. My window was open and I definitely heard someone or something walking around the yard. I whispered again for Terry out of my window but got no answer. Then I heard someone or something fall and grunt or moan pretty loudly in the window well right below my window. It wasn't enough to wake my parents but definitely loud enough that I didn't mistake it. and It sent a shock of fear through me. If you aren't familiar with a window well, it's a semicircle hole connected to the house dug out about three or four feet deep and reinforced with metal. It allows a basement window to be put in below ground level and the hole lets some natural light in. But there was no way Terry would have fallen into our window well. But we had been playing hide and seek and many outdoor games for years since we were young around the whole neighborhood. We knew everybody's window wells and house footprints plus paths in the woods, like the back of our hands. And the grunt sounded human-ish and not like an animal. It also pulled itself out quietly without a lot of thrashing. It was around this time, too, that that was when I realized that this wasn't a fun game and somebody or something was out there and it wasn't Terry. I tried to look outside my window as best as I could, but there was a screen in my windows to keep the bugs out, so... I couldn't lean my head out the window to see next to the wall of our house directly below me. I then heard the crunch of rocks or, or whatever as it was stepping in this noisy gravel. Again, Terry would know where the log rounds were and would not step in the gravel. He knew my parents were pretty strict and he was as good at being quiet as I was. Whatever it was though, it stopped and I held my breath. I pretty much sat there with my face pressed against the screen two stories up for probably half an hour. It seemed like an hour, but I'm sure that I didn't have patience back then to wait that long. But I never heard it, 
him or her leave, but I grew tired and eventually I just fell asleep on my bed that was next to the window. Now, there are a few things that I'm certain of. One, it was not Terry. I asked him later too and he said that he went to bed that night when he got home. He also would have no reason to lie, so it just makes no sense for it to be Terry. I'm pretty sure that it wasn't one of our neighbors too and I can't think of any reason that a person would be there. We had a few neighbors and only two other houses out of seven had kids. Again too, these seven houses were spread out in two and a half plus acres per home. There weren't any big animals in the area too like I said and as wooded as the whole area was, we only had some deer but they were hunted and didn't come close to homes ever. Plus our dog scared them away all the time so that just doesn't make any sense. And all I can put it down to is that that night I was out there in the woods with a stranger who apparently followed me all the way back to my own home. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. A few years ago, I was working at a pizza chain in my hometown as a driver. I was 27 but made some pretty good money delivering, let me tell you. I had worked at a few other places, both local and chain in the years before, and still work as a dasher on occasion even after this happened but now I choose to deliver in much safer areas for this reason. I got luckier than I could have ever imagined. So one night, I was working and had a double, two deliveries to take. Both were cash orders. I had $12 left in my bank, what drivers are given to use as change for cash orders, so you don't have a ton of cash on you at all times. The first order, it went smoothly, the guy gave me 50 for a $35 order, so I was excited about the nice tip. I drove to the second delivery. It was at an apartment complex with multiple buildings. I had delivered there before. The sun was about to set, but it was still pretty light out. The chain that I worked at had us drive company cars with the logo on it, all white sedans, and this is important. I grab the order and I go to the door to the apartment building. A young guy comes out and... A much bigger older guy was outside smoking a cigarette. The big guy went inside as the smaller guy came out. He looked around sort of nervously and asked how much he owed me. The way he was looking around though just made me very nervous all of a sudden. The hairs on the back of my neck stood on end. I told him the amount and he said that that wasn't what he was told on the phone. Something was wrong 
and it was then when I felt someone else walk out behind me from the door. As the first young guy looked around down the parking lot, craning his neck as if he was looking for someone. I told him the amount again and broke down the order for him trying to keep calm. And then, all of a sudden, the first guy held a gun right to my temple. I also felt a poke on my spine because there were two gunmen. I couldn't speak. Words wouldn't form no matter how hard I tried. Give me your money and your keys now, the first guy growled, and I fumbled immediately for the keys. I gave him everything but hadn't realized the 50 was mixed in and I gave him the keys trying my best to remain calm. Another guy came up from my left. He had sort of uh, poofy hair and was around the same age as the first kid. The one behind me I hadn't seen yet. The big hair kid grabbed the pizza bag and ran off and hid. The first kid searched the company car. Luckily, I'd left my wallet in my personal car. I saw him grab my cell phone, though, and that's when the panic began to set in. I had pictures on that phone that I hadn't backed up of my five-year-old son, who absolutely is my world. So I said, please, please, don't take that. I have pictures of my son who died on there. It's all I have of him, please. I lied. My son is very much alive. The kid behind me spoke softly. Trust me, just listen to him. You'll get it back undamaged. I don't want to be here either. I could tell that he'd been crying by how his voice sounded. A car began pulling up and the three boys took off to the other end of the complex in a full sprint. Before the one behind me ran, he dropped the gun in front of me. Standard issue 9mm silver and black and safety off. Looked completely real to me. He picked it back up and ran with the others. The car that pulled in saw me. It was a woman and her kid. Panic set in as I realized that they could possibly come back and do way worse to me as the sky started to get dark. But I collapsed. They had taken my company car keys, $72, the pizza, and my phone. The woman ran up to me and asked if I was alright. She took me into her apartment in the next building over and we locked the door. I was shaking so hard I couldn't even hold her phone to talk to the 911 operator as she set down her kid. Her boyfriend, I assumed, helped me call. I spoke to the operator and told her everything. I'm actually colorblind and these guys were obviously wearing all black and white clothes, thank God. I had a full description of the two of them though and the poor woman who helped me was going to be late for work but she still stayed until I was off the phone and the cops had shown up. And man, she was harsh and blunt with the operator, let me tell you, but I will never forget this woman's utter kindness to me and her boyfriends as well. The cops showed up though and contacted my store and my manager brought out the spare keys for me to drive the car back to the store. After dealing with the cops, I drove back and was greeted by crying and beyond worried co-workers. All of them were terrified that I was hurt. It meant a lot to me how much they cared, but I told them that I was alright. I filed the proper paperwork and the 72 was written off as a loss to the store. Thank God because I had worked other stores that made you pay back the money out of pocket if you got robbed to prevent drivers from stealing. I was told by the owner to take the rest of the night off and take care of myself. He gave me a hug and he was to this day one of the best bosses I've ever had. What I didn't know though was I was in for a very long night. I called my best friend before I left the store from the store phone and asked where he was. We usually met up for drinks after work. He was around the corner at a bar, so I met up with him. 
His dad was a District 4 cop in my city at the time, the same district that this happened in. He told me that his dad had given him a heads up and he had two shots waiting for me to calm my nerves. After the two shots, we began playing pool when his dad called his phone and asked if I was with him yet. He said yeah and handed me the phone. His dad asked if I could come to the station. I was honest and told him that I'd had two shots so he sent out a squad car to get me since it wasn't that far away. We get to the station and they actually had the suspects in custody and I was needed to ID them. There were three boys and a driver and they had been caught less than 20 minutes after the robbery speeding. The BOLO had already gone out and they matched the description. They had used the money to buy weed and gas and they had taken off. They had at least 15 stolen cell phones on them. The order had been placed on a stolen phone and my phone was in the mix with the box. The police told me to grab my phone only and I did. They asked me to unlock it. It had fingerprint verification so that was easy. Nine of the ten tries to unlock it had already been used before my phone would have completely reset. And it, and it unlocked. I told the police every detail yet again. Although my parental instincts kicked in, I told them the guy behind me quite obviously was bullied into this and to show mercy. He was the one with the white t-shirt. The police went wide-eyed and told me that he was the one talking. The other three denied involvement. And that's when I found out about the fourth guy, the driver. He found out later that he was completely unaware of the robbery and was just picking up his friends. He was never charged. The boy who was behind me though and the one who grabbed the pizza were 15 and 16 and got six months of house arrest. The only reason the one behind me got off easy, despite having the gun to my back, was because I asked them to go easy on him and that he was a good kid who just didn't want to be there. He was also the only one confessing and it makes sense since he had even said the other guy wouldn't have the phone for long. He was planning on going to the cops had they not been caught but the other guy, the first kid who put the gun to my temple, it was his 18th birthday and he got the book thrown at him. In the courtroom, he actually made fun of me as well and was laughing at me. Seeing him made me panic a bit. The judge scolded him for his behavior and he just grinned and glared at me with a joker-like smile. All I could see was pure evil. This kid, I'm sure of it, will commit way more crimes. I have no doubt that he's eventually going to end someone's life in fact and you could just see how cold he was just by looking in his eyes. I grew up in a town full of murderers and abusers and I had never seen this kind of evil in my life before. Quite honestly too, I don't ever want to see it again. I asked to have my name stricken from the records and I asked to remain anonymous in case he ever got out and I'm so glad that I did that because today I got a letter from the state, he's being released in February. The court only had my old address, my parents house and my mum didn't think the letter was important. I missed the deadline to protest his release for probation. The plea deal was eight years and it's only been four. Also, he's getting out early due to overcrowding. Not good behavior, but overcrowding. This coming February and I'm ready if he finds me. My wife, my parents, everyone I know knows his face and name. And if he tries anything, we're all ready. And for his sake, I really hope that... We don't ever meet again.
Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. So when I was a kid, I was walking through the woods with a friend one day. Keep in mind too that this was before everyone had cell phones. We were looking for good wood to build a hut or something I think, but after looking around we spotted a white rope around a tree. As kids we were scared and sort of slowly approached the tree because we didn't know what it was. And then we spotted a leg with no pants on. We sort of edged our way around the tree and... We could see a, a fully undressed man with a, a sack over his head, and he didn't seem to move. At that, we ran to a busy bike path 200 meters further, running and asking people to stop and listen. One older guy wanted to help, but his wife was like, no, it's a joke, and they walked away. So both still scared for this guy, as maybe he needed help or something, we went back. And yeah, he was just still sitting there. We approach slowly, he hasn't seen us because we approach from the back, when all of a sudden, he moves. In fact, he just stood up, removed the ropes, and we stayed hidden and looked on in silence. The man removed the mask, dropped it on the ground, and walked away to another part. Bear in mind, he's totally naked, walking like nothing happened. We followed him for some distance, he never looked around or said anything. We also kept silent too because if we had said anything, we would have been spotted. When we reached the path, a random woman came on her bike and started talking to him. I guess that she knew him because she greeted him and asked about his walk or something. My friend then stood on something and made some noise. I think a branch snapped. They looked up at us, so at that, we ran away. I don't know what was going on there that day, but it was a, a really strange circumstance and something that's always stuck with me. Back in university days, I lived in a small three-bedroom apartment with two other roommates. My apartment was on the topmost floor of the building and also the last room on the floor, corner room. It was numbered 707. Our only neighbor is 706, which has been vacant for a while, so our side of the building is very quiet and sparse of people in general. There are three bedrooms, which are adjourned in an upside-down sort of L-shape, one room in the middle, one room to the left of it, and another room below it. For ease of storytelling, I'll call it the middle room, bottom room, and left room. My own room is the bottom room. Also, to be noted, these are Japanese rooms or buildings, so wooden flooring, sliding doors, sliding closet inside the room, thin wood panel wall between rooms, all that jazz. The left room and the middle room both had heavy sliding doors as well. 
Between the middle room and my bottom room, there was a hollow space that is pretty large, a closet with sliding doors as well. It's the closet where you fold and store futons and such, and if you've ever watched Doraemon, then that's the same closet that he sleeps in. Anyway, the story happened on a summer vacation. The owner of the middle room had been away for a few days and won't be back until new semester started. One night, me and the left room owner were chilling in each of our rooms. Left room owner, we'll call her Lefty. She was supposed to leave for summer vacation in a week and has been packing. I kept hearing loud thuds and sounds of something heavy hitting the wall or the floor, but I ignored it because I assumed that she was still packing. About 11 o'clock at night, Lefty texted me, Yumi, are you okay? Are you sick? I was really confused. Lefty continued, I kept hearing someone sneezing and coughing. Isn't that you? I said, no, I've been quiet this entire time. Isn't it you who's been moving around and packing boxes? Lefty said, what? I haven't been packing anything at all today. I've been on my bed playing with my phone the entire time. Immediately, I put down my headset and laptop and just sort of sat straight on my bed, looking at the text on my phone, feeling somewhat disturbed. About five minutes later, Lefty came to my room and we both sat together confirming with each other what we heard. She heard someone sniffling and sneezing, but I heard thuds and the sound of something on the floor, like the sound of boxes or something pushed against the floor. We sat in silence in my room and the sound came again. There was a thud and knocks. We looked at each other. We figured it out. She thought the sound came from me and I thought that it came from her. In between our two rooms, the common space is the unoccupied middle room. There was knocking, thuds, sounds of boxes moving, and there were the sound of footsteps for sure. It sounds like a very active person inside the room pretty much the entire night. Neither one of us wanted to go and check it out, so we tried to ignore it and just slept it through. Fast forward to the morning. Lefty is an early riser, while I don't wake up until 9 or 10 typically. My bed is on the right side of the door, but I sleep facing the door. I just woke up and I heard a loud thud and footsteps from outside my room, like someone was running and I saw a short shadow passing through the cracks of my slightly open door. It took my sleepy brain a little while to process this. Running footstep sounds are pretty common because my room is beside the front door, so every school day my roommates would make this commotion outside of my door anyway when they're going out of the house. However, the first thing that I finally noticed was that... It was summer vacation, so who would be running in a rush like this on the hallway? The second thing too is that that shadow looked too short to be my roommate. It was the height of a child, if anything. The third, I can see the shadow through the cracks of my slightly open door. So who opened my door? I don't sleep with my door opened. Feeling scared, I immediately texted Lefty and asked her where she was. She said that she had left the house since 7.30 in the morning because it's Sunday and church and all that and currently she's about to get lunch. She didn't open my door. She didn't touch my room in fact. It was closed when she left apparently. I immediately got up and ran out of the house to meet Lefty and told her about it this morning. We decided to drag another friend and ask him to help us check our apartment to see if there's anything or someone in there. 
the three of us walked into the apartment and towards the middle room. We noticed something weird though. The door was slightly opened. It was a sliding door and quite heavy, so there was no way that it could open by itself. We confirmed that neither me nor Lefty had touched that door since the owner left last week. It was always closed. Our friend opened the door and we immediately felt chills. He asked where did we hear the sound coming from and I said from my room it sounds like it came very close, right on the wall connected between my bottom room and the middle room. That's when we realized too that the wall connected between my room and this middle room where we heard all of this activity, it was inside the closet. So what I just experienced is really hard for me to overlook. I guess what I'm trying to say is that you guys win. Ghosts are real. Twice now I've had a, a weird experience in the same place. My grandma's attic. Once a couple of years ago and just five minutes ago the second time. Let me start with the prequel. To give you an idea, my grandma has a house and the attic is basically like a second floor over the whole house. It's filled with all sorts of things that we dump up there that we don't need. Tools, firewood, old toys from childhoods, etc. Also up there is a short chair and a coffee table. When I take them out of the attic to the balcony, it's my favorite place to smoke in the house. Tobacco, not weed. I really enjoy the view and the wind and sometimes though I'm just too lazy to bring them out and I just smoke in the attic looking around at all the junk. Now one day I was going to go up there when as soon as I stepped foot on the first stair I got a sort of fight or flight response for seemingly no reason. It was the middle of the day. I've been in the attic a thousand times. I'm not scared of it at all in fact. I mean I'm not a kid or anything but... For some reason I was just getting chills and my heart was beating quickly. As soon as I went up to the last step, I stopped and looked around the attic. I had nothing to be afraid of, but it was just sort of like instinct, I guess. I, I couldn't go into the attic without checking it out first. I spent like 30 seconds just looking into the attic in silence before the courage came back to me to walk forward. While walking towards the table for some reason, I had the thought of... What if a demon's watching me right now and that's why I had a bad feeling? I instantly laughed it off though and thought to myself, let him show himself, I'll show him who's boss. And as soon as I finished that thought, I heard a loud shuffle like somebody's footsteps dragged out onto the ground. I instantly froze midway and just looked in the direction where that came from. I spent at least a minute just looking, frozen, expected a, a big rat or something to pop out from somewhere over there and... When I finally got my courage back again, as soon as I was about to continue to the table and finally do what I came for, another loud noise froze me. This time, a distorted piano played, and I kid you not, it was the most demonic, out-of-tune chord that you could imagine. Like, a sound a horror movie producer would put on jump scare or something. On cue, I of course immediately dashed towards the stairs and I noped out of there quickly. I went downstairs, entered the room my family was in, and tried my best to pretend like I wasn't running from a demon. My mother heard the piano though, and she thought that I'd found my childhood toys and was fooling around with them. 
I went with that story and told her that surprisingly the batteries were still holding out. They must be good. I wasn't about to tell my family that I seriously thought that there was a demon in the attic. They would have looked at me like I was crazy. Anyway, after I spent a couple of minutes downstairs regaining my composure, I started to think about things rationally again. I felt ashamed that I got scared of nothing. I mean, I'm an adult, and so I picked up my small balls and went up there again, determined to find that piano and ease my mind forever. I went up, immediately walked up to the place where the sound came from, and picked up off the wall a big garbage bag filled with toys from my childhood. I started taking things out and found it, a cheap Chinese dingy toy piano. I tried pressing the keys, but to my shock, there was no sound. I flipped it around, opened the battery compartment, and had a brain fart when I saw that there were no batteries in that thing whatsoever. I took it down with me, found some batteries and put them in, tried playing it, but still no sound. Unfortunately, that day, I really failed to ease my mind. So over the next couple of weeks, I spent quite some time thinking about that incident. As time went on, I started rationalizing it more and more, I guess, thinking that maybe pianos like that make their final sound when their circuit board finally dies, kind of like parting words or whatever. Maybe the shuffle that I heard was from my own feet, but because of the fear, it sounded like it was somebody else's. But the only thing that I couldn't make sense of, though, was how this piano that has been in that garbage bag for 15 years found energy without batteries to make a sound out of its speakers, and a loud one at that. I even went looking for answers, hoping someone could ease my mind and offer an explanation at one point. In the end, as time went on, I, I guess I just brushed it off and told myself, I'm no engineer, I don't know how currents work and stuff, it could be some weird way that that happened and it was normal and it was just a coincidence. I went to the attic countless times after that too and nothing else ever happened, no weird sounds, no unexplained paranoia, just peace and quiet, as it always was. Well, that is right until today. You see, recently, we've been doing construction work on the house every weekend. I go up to the attic 20 times a day at least to fetch something or to have a smoke break. We finished the work and went to bed. And now, before you accuse me of being a skeptic rationalizer, I try to keep an open mind. Recently, I've been getting into trying out astral projection, and it's a nice little meditation gig, I guess. I haven't succeeded yet, but the effects are quite trippy, and it's fun. So, I'm laying in bed, browsing the AP subreddit, before I decide that I'm going to go up there to smoke one last cigarette before I go to sleep. The front door is loud, and I don't smoke in the house, so the attic is really the only place that I can go. But, in the same exact way... As soon as I set foot on that first stair, I get this immense feeling that something is amiss. Now, some years have passed since the last time that this happened and naturally, my small balls have grown at least a little bit so I didn't stop this time. I just went up and sat on my smoke table. I lit my cigarette, remembered the last time that this happened in the piano. Like any sane person, I started a monologue in my head to banish the potential ghosts my monologue continued until my cigarette went out, and here's a reaction. I don't know if there's demons up here or whatnot, but you can't spook me. I can't touch you right now, but I'm learning this technique that lets me come into your house, 
Trust me, tonight I'm coming and I'm going to kill you as revenge for when you scared me, etc, etc. Now is your last chance to try and scare me, so come on, just try it. And I put my cigarette out, quite amused of my own little internal monologue. And here we go again. As soon as I finished my monologue and said, try me, a loud sound as something on my left drags across the floor. This time though, I caught it with my peripheral vision as I turned around. A sack filled with dried sticks for the fireplace was moving by itself across the floor, defying the laws of physics. Gravity cannot do that. There's no way that it could move that distance by itself especially when there's so much friction that it made a loud sound. It's not that heavy, so it can't slide like that or even cause that friction unless somebody is pushing it from the top. At that, I shut up and stayed fixated on this thing, convinced not to let a rat, for example, run away without me seeing it. It didn't move for a couple of seconds, so I went up to it, took all the sticks out, checked every corner of that thing, and there were no rats inside. I put the sticks back in, said out loud, don't touch that again. I said my piece already, and I meant it. If there really was an evil entity up there, I'm going to banish it. Although at that point, I was starting to feel like I was bluffing. I walked back to the stairs, but before I went down, I stopped and looked back at the attic. And although my knees were weak, my arms were heavy, vomit on my sweaty, perhaps even mum's spaghetti... I wasn't going to give in to my fear, so I stared into the void for a couple of seconds to establish my dominance. And again, as if a reply, the sack lightly got dragged, though this time just a little bit for a split second. I spent a couple more seconds looking at it, and then slowly backed away, went down the stairs with a confident walk, shaking a little, I'll admit. Originally, I was going to go to bed, but adrenaline got a little high, so now I'm sitting on the toilet writing this, maybe with a ghost proofreading over my shoulder, who knows. Anyway, this seemingly uneventful experience, I just found it too powerful to ignore. I don't think that I can ever rationalize it, to be honest. There's just too many things on top of each other, like the strong fight-or-flight reaction that I get before the event the timing that makes this feel like a reply, the hard-to-explain sound and movement. I am now a believer, and I just can't rationalize things by myself anymore. I don't know if this spirit could be good or bad, so I won't take any extra measures right now, so please, don't reply with, like, throw salt in it or something. But unless I wake up with a cigarette burn on my cheek and come asking for help with how to banish a demon, then I guess this is how it is for now. I'm going to go upstairs again in a second to smoke one more cigarette and just feel out the vibe. I might spend some more time with monologues up there tomorrow as well just to see what will happen. But for now, I really don't know what to make of all of this. And yeah, if you've got any ideas about how this could have happened in a sort of natural way, then I am all ears. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates 
in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.